And now it's time for another Dr. Film Podcast. Welcome to another boring issue, no, not really boring, issue of the Dr. Film Podcast. And as you know, sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's silly. And this is one of our more serious ones, although we're going to be a little bit on the silly side. I am with twin brother, film collector extraordinaires and photographer extraordinaires, the Draga Boys. And first I'll talk to Bill. Hello. And now I'll talk to Jack. Hello. And believe it or not, these are actually two different guys, two different very interesting guys. Bill, I'm going to talk to you a little bit first. Okay. I know that one of your passions is to do photography. Correct. And you do a lot of it. Tell me a little bit about what you do. Well, I used to work with uh, American Greetings for 29 years, and uh, there I would do internal photography for them, photographing uh, things that would appear on, uh, say, the Amazon website of their product, video as well, and uh, uh, also for sales presentations so that they could uh, they have an idea as to what a uh, displayer is going to look like when it's all, uh, all stocked with product that doesn't exist yet. Okay. Other than that, I've been doing an awful lot of uh, uh, recreation of uh, old-time photo photographs, the old cabinet card photography, uh, as well as I've uh, been dabbling a little bit with the uh, the old Hollywood glamour look. How do you do that? How do you recre- recreate those looks? Uh, study. Uh, you, you look at the pictures, you deconstruct the lighting, get the costuming, set design. It's, it's, more, it's actually more fun to uh, get all that stuff all set up uh, than it's just like Hitchcock said, you know, it's like once you got it all uh, uh, planned out, it's more of a chore to just actually complete it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I've uh, put together a number of uh, presets for fo- in Photoshop that uh, I can uh, slap it together pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, I have seen uh, some of the uh, work that you've done. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and I know that you are also the unofficial slash official photographer for Mostly Lost. Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about that. For the last, let's see, six years, I guess it is now, or uh, I'm, I'm the only one that can wrangle a hundred and some uh, people to get one group shot. That, that's, that's, the, that's the most important one. That's some accomplishment. I've, and I've have been it there. Be, and have it be in focus. Yes, uh, I, I've been there. I've been one of your uh, victims on occasion, although usually somebody pulls me off to the side and wants to talk about something. That almost always happens yes. to me, so I've missed a number of them. But a lot of our listeners and that vast nothingness out there of the Internet don't know what Mostly Lost is. So tell us what Mostly Lost is. Mostly Lost is a a group of uh, film fans, film historians, archivists uh, that all come together for a, uh, I believe it's three-day workshop where they show us uh, films that are fragments of films that uh, they have no idea what it is or have some idea of what it is, but it's under-identified, as they call it. And uh, 
you just sit there and you shout out whatever you th- comes to your head as to what you think it might be. It could be right. It could be wrong. If it's wrong, it so often leads somebody else to thinking, no, that's not right, but wait a minute. It, you know, it's this <coughs> or that. And uh, It's one of the few times in a theater where it's actually cool to sit and talk during a movie. Right, and have your computers open and running. Mm-hmm. I, I've done that a number of times, and, and once in a while I actually come up with something useful. Not usually, but, but once in a while. We do a, a lot of weird stuff on the Dr. Film podcast. Uh, a lot of it is Dr. Film is, uh, is known as the world's first superhero, film superhero. So a lot of times we do character work and we do uh, radio kind of shows where we talk about how I get ignored by TCM and I'm, uh, that nobody likes me and I have lots of problems and stuff. And it, it gets very silly. Uh, and, and that's a way that I can avoid talking about how people are really avoiding me in real life and not letting me do film restoration work that I'd like to do. And that way my lawyer doesn't get on me when we make a joke out of it. See, <laughs> that's, that's how that works. Anyway, I would like to briefly move on to Jack, even though Jack is not brief because I know he's very long-winded. Um, Jack. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh well, the first thing I want to talk to you about is one of your weirdest things that I wanted to do a podcast with just you and Johnny Sprockets, and and, uh, and it never, never happened. Maybe at some point it, it will. But tell us about what Johnny Sprockets is. Uh, Johnny Sprockets is a alter ego. Um, he's a... He's a film historian. He likes to call himself a cinematic archaeologist. He he delves into the mystery of things that are having to do with film. He finds things and uh, tries to take what everybody knows is one thing and prove that it's really something else. And you have done some episodes of this as sort of a, a TV sort of series? Yeah, it's set up like a TV series and at Currently, there is one episode uh, called The Great BK Mystery, BK for Buster Keaton. It's not Burger King. It's not Burger King. Okay. Even though you're thrown off at the beginning by the by the opening sequence. Right now, the, most of them are about Buster. I'm working on a second one now uh, about Steamboat Bill Jr. and mm-hmm. and how the wall fell down mm-hmm. because there's a noted historian who has a theory that there was a guy behind there that pushed it. Mm-hmm. And um, let's put it this way, I think he saw what he wanted to see. And uh, we'll delve into that. Okay, but you've already delved into another great Burger King, I mean Buster Keaton Buster mystery. Buster Keaton mystery was yes. WTF is where Shulton um off Hollywood, which was uh, for many years can, uh, considered to be the German version of Hollywood Review of 1929, and it's not. <coughs> it's something totally different. It's actually uh, the German version of a film that was never released in the U.S. called A March of Time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the it was basically using the footage shot for March of Time, which got scrapped. It was going to be like Hollywood Review of 29, but it... Uh, yeah, the public didn't want that kind of film anymore, so they kind of scrapped it. And they had all these musical numbers that ended up in other films, like some of the 
early Stooges shorts that had Ted Healy. Yeah, the March of Time was actually almost finished by the time they didn't release it. Right. And there's some, some footage of Ted in uh, one of the Stooges shorts that I remember seeing. And then there's also a, about half of the short with Charles Middleton called The Devil's Cabaret. Devil, yes. About half of that is from the March of Time as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, some Buster Keaton footage that's that's long missing, and that's the the caveman sequence. There's, there's a caveman sequence in We're Shulting Them Off Hollywood, they, uh, which translates to Tune In Hollywood. Uh, they've created a new storyline where uh, Paul Morgan, uh, a German actor, and he appeared in some of Buster's foreign versions of his American films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically running around Hollywood and sticking his head in on some of these numbers mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, in the and there's one sequence with Buster that's filmed specifically for uh, Rishult Mumoff Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and you managed to find this on a dealer's table on DVD, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and it looked like it was just filmed off the wall. It was missing some sequences. Anything that would have been in color was gone, was missing mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, at, the, at the end, Buster shows up dressed as a caveman and clubs Paul Morgan and knocks him out and then says goodbye on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a scene uh, where a bunch of girls dressed as, as cave women are running out of a, a dressing room mm-hmm. and stuff. So the whole thing is, what was Keaton's caveman part in March of Time, which mm-hmm. I still don't know, but we showed this at uh, Mostly Lost last year. Well, you shot this in, in a particularly interesting way. You made it almost like a, a Perry Mason episode. Yeah, well, it was a film noir, Yeah, uh, and it was all the, uh, the search. Mm-hmm. It, it was about the search and what I had to go through to try and, and find you, so, out So you was. played Johnny Sprockets as a, as a film noir detective. Correct. Who's finding this stuff, yes. Correct. I, I, I remember particularly one funny scene where you take a book that is long discredited and you, uh, well, tell us about what you did. There's a scene where he's going through all the different books on Buster, uh, checking to see what Rishult Mumoff Hollywood is. And most of them are saying that it's the Hollywood Review of 29. And I get to... Uh, Buster Keaton cut to the chase, which most Keaton fans do not like, but I did the filmography in that. And uh, because it's not very well liked, it's hidden. And it's hidden in the bottom of a cap box. So, mm-hmm. so you, I, you make a big deal out of it being hidden in the bottom of a cat box, too. Yeah, and I, I pull it out, and, you know, there's fake turds and stuff in the thing. This is I, a very bizarre thing. Is there any place anybody can see this? No. And why is that? Because it's for educational purposes only. I see. And that, cop, you know, the fair use copyright. I, I had a feeling that it was for educational purposes only. So it can be only presented in an educational manner. Well, I think we should. I think we should make more people aware of it because it's just too bizarre. Now, when we did show it at um, Mostly Lost, when it was over, mm-hmm. the guy in front of me turns around, and tells me, "Oh, I have the Keaton Caveman sequence." Mm-hmm. And he said he will bring it this year, and I have yet to see it. But mm-hmm. I'm planning on being there, and i got to get a hold of him and say, remind him, bring it. <laughs> well, I, I have a double secret announcement to give you after we're done recording, although it's not all that exciting. Oh, it's kind of cool. See, there are many things I can't discuss on mic, but 
I'll discuss them privately. So. Is that a pony? It's not a pony. No, okay. I wish I wish it were a pony. Good God, you guys are nuts. Maybe it's oh. two ponies. Yes, now, now you guys you guys also are known, since you're identical twins, you guys are known to come to to conventions dressed in strange ways. One of you will go, come as thing two, and one of you will come as thing one. I, I've seen that a couple of times. Yes. And Jack, you're known as the as the stunning original, and then Bill is the reversal dupe. I've seen oh, the two abysmal dupe, abysmal dupe. Okay. Pristine original and abysmal dupe. Yeah. What, what what other things have we seen that you guys do? I think that was it. That was it. Yeah. Nothing just, else. Just for the amusement of the masses. Wow. Okay. Bill, I've given you a little bit of short shrift. Is there anything right. else that my listeners would like to hear that you do? You, I, I know you. <clears throat> I know you probably have a much more fascinating life than I've given you credit for here. Not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just you know, get behind the camera and go click, click, click. And uh, you've done some really amazing work trying to just not kill people during Mostly Lost. Because nobody ever pays attention, and they're all ready and waiting to go to lunch. And right. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. It is an achievement yeah. just oh, to get that many people wrangled. Yeah. He I, yells at me, and then I yell at them because of the distance. Yes. Yeah. The, and it uh, all seems like the yeah. same guy. Yeah. And yeah. There, there, there is one lady that every every year tries hiding behind somebody, or refuses to look up at the camera. Oh, no, that's me. Shot. Uh, and uh, yeah, I always tell them that uh, yeah, if you need to hide behind somebody, there's plenty of room behind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always try and hide behind Philip Carley. Yes. Because he's he's about six feet eight or so, six feet seven, I guess. Yes. And it's always you know it's it's easy to hide yeah. behind him. I think it was it was either last year or the year before. Just as we finished up, I'm taking the camera down. Uh, the the head of audiovisual uh, uh, campus. Uh, uh, walks out to get into the picture. And it's like, oh, we already took the picture. <laughs> well, you can Photoshop him in. I did. Okay. <laughs> he always stands in the same spot. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, did, do either one of you have anything else to add to this? I believe so. When do, when do we get the check? Uh, there is no check because I work on this for free. But you there, can publicize no, this to all of your people and no all money? of your friends. No, no, there's no money. Oh, damn, we've been had. <laughs> well, I, I, I told you that in advance. We thought you were joking because, you know, you're Dr. Film. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Film, the world-famous guy that goes nowhere. All right, well, gentlemen, I look forward to hearing from Johnny Sprockets again and maybe even Johnny Sprockets' twin brother. Oh, joy. Okay. Okay, I'm going to take the glass on our way out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. Bye. For Bill Draga's pictures, go to www.drfilm.net slash Draga. That's www.drfilm.net slash D-R-A-G-G-A.